Welcome along to the episode 40 of season 3, the final podcast of 2019, unless we do a little tribute podcast, uh, the best of next week, which uh, may be in the offing with Johnny Ward and Daniel McDonald. Today's special guest is Vinnie Perth, his uh, second appearance on LOI Weekly, and we're on Podcast Republic, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, iTunes, at LOI Weekly on Twitter, and as ever, with thanks to Airsport and Independent.ie, and a great thanks to everyone for listening in. This is the third year of the podcast, the last time Dan and I will be in the Air Studios this year, and um, we really are grateful for all your um, interaction and listening over the season, and uh, later on the show, we're going to hear from David Parkhouse, who's a, a member of uh, the Derry City team that obviously did so well this season, and he will talk about the season that he had and his plans for the future. But first of all, uh, do we have some books to give away from Neil? We Hogan? do. We, that, we do have we? books. So, um, so what would we do? I think maybe actually, I mean, I know without without uh, sounding desperate, would we go for some more iTunes reviews or Apple Podcast sure. reviews? If you can give us a review of the year on uh, Apple Podcasts, your your review, what you liked, what you didn't like about the pod this year, and we'll pick the best, least insulting ones. How many copies of the book do we have, John? Uh, we've actually a copy of each of his three books. Oh, for mm-hmm. how many people? Um, for But we only have one copy of each. Oh, okay, so it's one for the best one. Okay, yeah. we will sort that out. Mm. So if you want to just go on to Apple Podcasts. They may have a vague second-hand kind of nature about them because I'm currently reading one of them. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> okay, so if you find any uh, bet- betting dockets or uh, coffee, stains. coffee stains on them. You know what I mean? Maybe, listen, for a regular podcast listener, that could be an attraction. It could be like a, a Johnny Ward-worn copy of the book. It could mm. have like little postlets little notes little comments about people you know uh Vinny, I, little I Shamrock did, um, Rovers badge maybe or something like that what's to... really noticeable before i start is that when you listen and i sometimes listen sometimes i don't you listen right. all the time no <laughs> i actually don't every every week you're giving out to one of us right sometimes i listen yeah. some depending i always get the impression you aren't prepared now yeah. it's being confirmed aren't prepared. <laughs> so i get that that's good Prepara- we do have preparation here we actually do have a sheet with preparation on it but we very rarely refer to it no um the best way is well i mean to be fair i will point out that like we came in here today and you're about to come in and like there was a slight delay and i said to johnny i said uh listen you know is Vinny let you know he's on the way and johnny said i don't know I've turned my phone off today. Mm. So, like, well, I, he, I, t- I gave him the address and told him to be here at one. He turned up at half one. That's not very professional, if you ask me. <laughs> yeah, but, like, but, uh, I mean, at least he's you here. Might, you might, what if he had a, had a serious accident in traffic and tried to ring you and it's like your phone was off? Why do you, anyway, why, why do, so society demands you have to have your phone all the time, does it? it all pro- the time. It probably does now, yeah. Yeah, I, but I don't conform to that. And Johnny, I don't, you right, don't conform to anything. Go. Let's, let's get on with the show. The show. Yes. Ne- yes. Getting back to the Neil Horgan <laughs> book. So I, I met Neil Horgan last week because he's based in Dublin at the moment. And I said, has, has Dan actually, has Dan read your, your book? And he goes, yeah, I think, yeah, yeah, I think he's read some of it. He's definitely read some of it anyway. So he gave me the book anyway, and I went home that evening. Turn to the back page and one of the reviews was from Daniel McDonald. I said, what a great book, yada, yada. He hadn't even read the whole thing. I did read the whole thing. Vinny Perth, congratulations. Three three competitions going the way of Dundalk and within a penalty shootout of being four this season, your first season in the job. Yeah, we've we've won four trophies, if you count. What was at the time a, a big trophy for us in the President's Cup. Um, so four out of five and we've missed out on a penalty shootout. So um, to be fair, hasn't been a bad season. Um, and I suppose the way, way we finished it at the end, um, it's kind of special. It was, it was a really good week for us. Um, we needed that week after the disappointment of the penalty shootout. So, yeah, it's been, 
been a, a, another great season for I, the club. I apologise, sorry, I apologise for not mentioning the, the Presidents Cup because it's actually become a really, really good curtain raiser. Our own charity yeah. shield, and you're already thinking next season it'll actually be a cracking game at the start of the season. Yeah, yeah I understand where Cork have ended up, and um, you know, at the time it was a it was a big game for the two two teams, and um, there's still that rivalry even later on in the season between the two clubs. So uh, at the time it was a big deal for for both. And also, Dan, that's fre- like President Higgins is such a big fan of the league as well. It, it it's a game that like you, you look forward to to get the whole ball. Yeah, run. it's going to be a bit of a dinner in around I don't know seven years time, and it's Peter Casey or someone with the President's <laughs> Cup or whatever, Jesus, whatever, yeah. whatever, whatever. It'll whatever, take so, place in the Phoenix Park <laughs> alongside all the travellers that he wants just, to move there. Yeah, it probably just won't take place at all. Yeah. Um. But Vinny, you mentioned you needed that last week. I mean, I did get the sense at the Aviva Stadium on Sunday. That some players maybe didn't fancy the last, not that they didn't fancy the last week, but it was just such a downer after the Aviva that I think that initially, maybe in the first couple of minutes, the thought of anything to some players might have seemed like a, a drag. Now, I know you spoke about it in the dressing room, but it, it, I, I don't know, it must have been hard to, to refocus straight away. You must be happy enough that you got there in the end. It was, and um, like we don't have, um, what's the word, we don't have a, a drinking culture in the club, and very seldom all season would. It, would or maybe once pre-season, we'd encourage it, but we we don't have a drinking culture or, or that sort of element in the club. But we had such a good night on the Sunday night. Um, the whole squad were up dancing and singing together, maybe, I don't know, half two in the morning or whatever it was on Sunday night. And, um, you know, I, I was the one to tell them they were in on Tuesday, like, which, you know, at this time of the year, most lads are away on holidays and different bits and pieces. And, and the competition, probably to players, didn't mean as much because, you know, it was effectively a glorified friendly. But then once you get closer to the game, they, they switch on. And um, without sounding too too grand, what what you do is you learn more in failure than you do in winning. So the cup final was brilliant for us in, in one sense that it's taught us a couple of lessons. It's, it's reaffirmed what we thought where we need to improve. And uh, we said about the, it was a strange week. It was it was probably the most enjoyable week we've had six or seven years in the club, and we've had big moments like you know European weeks and that type of stuff. But it was a real um, it was like a, a wrong to say a party atmosphere. So we didn't we trained. We played a five aside tournament for argument's sake, and the losers had to buy something, and you know so it was that type of we we, we changed things around didn't pick the team before we went up to um, Windsor Park on the Friday, so people were guessing. And you'd fellas really good not to be in the team on the Friday because we walked into the venue and... What a class like, stadium. Oh, it's, it's the best stadium in the country mm, for me. By a stretch, like. Um, and actually, if we could do anything down here, like you look at the Denmark game, you would just say, it would be a brilliant game if it was played in that stadium. Um, so we, we could do it, adding that to our to our range of stadiums. Um it's a brilliant stadium, so it, it was like it was a perfect storm to finish with. In the end, um, there was a lot of good fun this week. There's a lot of obviously there was some good boys, and uh, we just managed a little bit different. It was more relaxed. You can't do that every week. You can't even do it, you know, mid-season as such. So we just managed a little bit different, and um, it paid off then on the pitch. And people have criticised Linfield as a result of the game the other night, but. I think you're seeing us very close to our very, very best. Mm. You very, really? very best. Yes, I think you the did. Fir- like the first four goals you got, you didn't even need to work. I thought you were only in second gear. 
that's uh, listen. That's we were our very very best. Uh, I spoke to I met Pat Dolan yesterday and someone who respect his opinion. He thought it was one of the best League of Ireland performances he's seen of all time. Um, and people are disrespecting infield and they didn't play well on the night and but it went against them because we were so at it. There was a couple of stages in the first five ten minutes where the good position. Obviously, Baston Erie was controlling things, but one, we nearly once they attacked us, we were at our very best. Duffy, I mean, his counter attack, Kelly. Um, I just thought we were outstanding on the night, and it was one of our best performances of the season. And it looked like us at our very, very best. Massey was brilliant on the night. Gannon was brilliant on the night, and um, you know, listen, people will will criticise Linfield and say we won a handy, but which we did. But I thought we were. It was the one of the most. Prepar- perfect performance we've had in a long time really did I, I I didn't at all to be honest I thought they were in sick I thought they can play an awful lot better what did you think of um, I, I thought they looked very good on Monday like Linfield probably missed Lavery a bit like he's a very good player for them yeah, he's a great right, threat a um, but it was a strong Linfield side and um, you know I thought something locked were pretty good actually if you look at it this year I mean uh, your home record's been Close to perfect this year. You know, the, the, you didn't drop any, you didn't lose any games at home in the league, no. and you haven't not um, scored in an awful long time at home. But I, I mean, I, I did think, you know, watching Duffy at times in full flight, it was like, yeah, I mean, this is this is this is Dundalk at their best. You know, the Linfield attitude was curious. I think if you're looking at Linfield, to be really critical. I mean, how they defended a couple of the set pieces was pretty. I suppose pr- pretty poor. That's think, my point. That, that the probably, four goals, the first four goals they got, as much as it was. First goal was a high class counter. It, it was a good the, counter. But the first goal was a missed clearance in the box. The, the set, there was obviously the goal that went over no, the line. Well, it, there was the corner. There was um, Robbie Benson's goal. Even was was appallingly bad defending. So I'm not kind of knocking Dundalk because I don't think you needed to be at your best because I don't think the, I think the goals you were giving away you wouldn't be giving away in the League of Ireland at all, uh, like, even by well, Finn no, Harps or whatever. I, I, like. But that that's fine, and there, yeah. there there's football with a difference of opinion. I thought the Duffy goal, the first one, missed clearance, but they were on the attack, and within two passes, Duffy's squaring it to Daniel Kelly. It's cleared off the line, and Georgie's there to, to clean yeah. it up. I thought it was a breathtaking pace. If you remember, we were tuning it up. Daniel Kelly got in. He should have squared it, squared it, and we would have went training it up. It was... Um, I, I don't and, think they're used I to that pace, Linf- Finney, as well. Like no. the pace you're talking about in that first call, I don't think they, they deal with that week to week. No, and, and, and to be fair, I've watched a lot of them. I watched them against Balamina a couple of weeks ago, and, and the difference in the two leagues is, is well, what, what I suppose what we said was that intensity, particularly in the wide area. So our four best players for me in the night were, were two fullbacks and the two wingers. I thought they really just dominated the pace, the attack, that, and they're not, they're not used to that. And that's where... You know, we we'll discuss. I, I presume the All Ireland League, but that's where we have to challenge each other in, mm-hmm. in terms of they were challenged. If they're going, if they want to compete in Europe, Linfield they're very they're they're a brilliant club off the pitch, and if they want to compete in Europe, they're going to have to deal with teams like that and learn how to deal with it. So it's a massive learning for them. I thought your comments after the game were great because uh, at a time when there's a lot of negativity about Linfield, you were saying, well. We need to actually learn a lot from them. Look at the stadia they have up there. Yeah. Look at the way. And you also mentioned the match day experience. It's always interesting because uh, I can attest to that. If I go to game up north, they usually have a bar. They usually have more yeah. to do in the ground or whatever. Yeah, like uh, obviously uh, Windsor's the obvious one. I mean, I went to Windsor. It was brilliant. But you go to, you know, Coleraine. You go to Larne. It is more of a, a match day experience. I think the three o'clock on a Saturday element helps. I think, um, you know, the sort of almost... 
um, the sort of pie and, and point mentality of going to a game. Like there, there is a there is a there is a culture around going to games around, up around there. So I think we can learn from them and like going back on the pitch. I think they will. I spoke to David Healy and he was very complimentary. I'd say he learned a huge amount from that game in terms of what his players and he probably challenges players and say that's the level you've got to get up to. We we learned loads on the, on the Friday night up there where it felt like a European game. We loads of the ball. And we got done on a counter attack, similar to the goal he scored against Karabakh. So there was massive for me massive lessons in it. And the advantage I had was I put four people fresh into the team in those wide areas and fullbacks, and and we knew they weren't used to that intensity. We just started like a train, and um, you can say they gave up and they hurt them, but that's what happens when you're when you're steamrolled by teams, and. Um, that was a good side we played against them. Uh, I think they do well in our league. I really do. Um, you declared the All-Ireland League over, John, afterwards. Um, no, I, d- I don't think it'll happen, though. Yeah. Well, uh, on the basis of that, on that game I, I don't alone. It's, go- it's not going to happen in the time frame I, we're talking I, about. I think there's reasons why it won't happen, but I, I just thought there was a bit of a overreaction to yeah. the, you know... The, I think you both well, said well, it wouldn't well, help. Well, I, I, I think that's fair. I, mm. I think when yeah. Vinny, I'm, you know, Vinny said it wouldn't help, but to say that Kieran Lucid's work has been rendered irrelevant or something like that in an hour and a half like it's not, it's not really true I think what the online league debate and you have to be careful of how you phrase it because you don't want to be insulting to people north of the border and I think there is like, like there are differences that exist possibly differences that exist in terms of ambitions and in, in some respects like I think it's interesting to listen to Vane talk about like the match day experience and, and how it can be quite it's better in parts of the you know Northern Ireland I think there's an element in some areas of a degree of contentment with what they've got in the sense that down here we're always analysing where our league is going in the context of, uh, you know, we need more. What What is this working? Where are we going? There's more sense of crisis here, whereas maybe there are clubs up north who know what they are and they're happy enough with that. But the flip side is that the altar is that Linfield and Glentoran and places like this that want more. That's you know a very I mean? interesting argument there. Like, I, I think there is an element of that, that you know, the, I think Linfield want more and I think that the clubs who want to move towards something full-time or three-quarter time, which David Healy referenced, which is an interesting phrase I hadn't heard before, but three-quarter time is actually what maybe a lot of clubs have operated. Maybe Dundalk was three-quarter time in, during the early days of, of, yeah. of Stephen. That, um, I think if, if, if you have any ambition about yourself... I think if you're involved with Linfield and the tar- you look at Monday and go, well, that's what you need to get to. Like You need to get to that level. And I think if you look at it and if people look at it and say, well, oh, we have to abandon this, I think really did they ever really want it in the first place. Anyone who's, like anyone who would look at that and go, well, we, should, we shouldn't go ahead with this on the basis of the football. Well, like what, so what, what do they, is the, let's, just, let's just stay over here and then we'll never get found out this way. You know, like I don't, I don't think you can, I don't, and there's other stuff about chance and stuff like that. I mean, I, 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 I know people yeah. realise that some of the stuff like about that. I, I didn't wasn't mad about some of the chance. I know Vinny, you've apologised for some of them, but like I wouldn't lose the head in terms no. of like these are differences that would be over time they would be ironed out. So yeah, I wouldn't be giving so. up on the plan. Yeah. I, no, no, and and that's my concern, and it's it's concern about nearly about <laughs> life, right? The reaction to the results of the night, like. Johnny's tweet. I'm, I'm, I presume there was hundreds and thousands of tweets similar. That's the death of it, and almost people trying to be funny and you know being smart, smart arsed. Um, and it's also same with the chant. It's like 
um, we just need a little bit of calmness and say, right, relax, like, and and even me criticizing. I didn't criticize Linfield and what they chanted or what flags yeah. they put up, and it's because it's not my place. Um, my my place is to is to represent the club and say, and I said it the night, like I was brought up in Dublin. I called it an ivory tower, but it's far from that up in Kilnarden, right? But the point they're making is, I didn't see the troubles, right? If you lived around the border towns of Dundalk and uh, South Armagh, all these places, I understand it was difficult, right? So I understand people have real feelings towards each other. But it's a bloody football game. And it behaved gen- generally. It was at Bolton, you were at Bolton. It, it went off peaceful, if mm-hmm. you think about it. It was a couple of chants here and there. I made the point that you get chance uh Liverpool Man United games about Hill, Hillsborough and Munich and they've started to die down. I just think we, the more we play each other, then the less these chances will come out. You wouldn't play a Celtic Rangers game if you were turned off by some yes. things that were said. I, 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 I totally Or in fact, you wouldn't play a lot of games in Scotland or uh, you know places in, in in the world. I don't so think like, that's going to be a major problem. But what I put to you is that if you you were lauding the dog's performance, right? Yeah. So. Um, Dundalk beat a Linfield team, I think, that was miss, maybe missing two, no, two particularly lavery to beat them 6-0 at home, pulling up. Yeah. Uh, Linfield have resources that other clubs can't but, dream but of up there. So my, I suppose my question is, the likes of Ballymena, and I know David Jeffries kind of been yeah. pretty negative on it in terms of the European places. Clubs like Coleraine, Crusaders, um, I don't think they looked at that and no, thought... No, Crusaders, Crusaders are up for the all Ireland League, John. Crusaders are trying full-time football, so they're, right. they're going for it. Yeah. So, so okay, <clears throat> let me Ballymena, say that. Ballymena and Ards are the two clubs yeah. who've released statements. Ballymena... Cliftonville are, are, as well. Are have been Cliftonville have been negative. negative. Ballymena, Ards are mid-table in the, mm. their version of the first division. So, I mean, so okay. Yeah. So, my, my if, if this were to happen in two years' time, um, the gap to me, unless Linfield were completely not off a yard in horse racing terminology the other night, um, the gap to me would be alarming, such that I don't think any of them could be confident of a European place on the basis of Monday. No, no you're see, reading too much into it. Yeah, I, d- I don't accept that. So I accept <clears> Linfield. I, I believe Linfield would be right there in terms of European spaces. Yeah. Fact. Mm. You, I, and Anyone again, else? I don't like the... Coleraine definitely would be. I mean, if they're pushing Linfield, of course they are. And I've seen them and liked them. Mm. I don't like the term we were pulling up, okay, to win 6-0. Sometimes, and this is where, this is where commentary, and, and I understand... It's great. The world has got has gone mad. Everyone has a comment on everything, and um, no matter what you say, there'll be negative, and you always hear negative comments. I don't accept we pulled up. I went in at half time, and I lambasted our players to go again. Right? I'm not trying to say I'm a great manager. I'm. I'm the point That's I'm bad making. Terminology. Is, sorry. Yeah. You yeah. didn't win pulling up, but you won you, with Indians. Like yeah. Robbie. Robbie no, Benson said. We, Robbie yeah. Benson said we could enjoy yeah, ourselves so, after half an hour. Of course. Yeah. No. But, but that's because of what we done and the mm. manner in which we played. If we played Linfield over a season, over four times, we'd probably never beat them again 6-0. I, I, I just think it was a perfect night for us. And uh, with the exception of them, um, we've we've had a bit of fun about it, so that's why I don't mind saying it here. With the exception of Chris Shields, I thought everyone was just so <laughs> much on their game. Man of the and match, just, Chris Shields. Yeah. Uh, some and, of his and, passing was up there with that one in the President's Cup. And yet he, yeah, he made one of the best passes ah, yeah. I've, I've seen in the whole season out to Michael yeah. Duffy. Out, so it was yeah. just amazing. So He was on his game. We, so I, I just think it was a perfect performance from us. Um, does, it, does it hurt? Yes, of course it hurts because then they'll say the gap is huge. If we're going to go this way, we have to investigate this uh, all Ireland League right to the end of his life. Because Linfield want to improve in Europe. Yeah. So therefore, I'd like to think they got something out of the game, the two games. Okay, for, I suppose 
they'd be worried about how it affects their confidence going into into the next couple of weeks in terms of being well beaten. But I think it'll improve them as a club if the if the manager learns from it and tries to become more like Dundalk for argument's sake in terms of that's what the game is going to speed and power and pace. And then um but we're just doing the same things and expecting different results. It's not gonna happen. Uh I actually believe that if we get it right, you're gonna have to have certain you're right, there is there is you know, certain clubs who would struggle in all Ireland League and we can't have it that after three seasons there's only one or two northern clubs and the rest are relegated to the league below. So you'd have to put certain um uh yeah, but geez, but I nearly said backstop there, <laughs> but you need you have to put certain <laughs> agreements in protection in, in place. Protection in place. Yes, we'd have to approach UEFA and see is there some sort of way we can get away with European spots for a certain amount of time. I think that, that they would be but, amenable. But, but, but I think the point is, like, like there's a lot of valid opposition and points to raise, but some of the opposition that's been raised is absolute garbage. Yes. Like, absolute and utter small-time rubbish. It's not even credible stuff. Like, also, but even this, even this t- theory of, like, well, they're all going to put them into one league now as though there's some kind of segregation that is going to exist between the leagues. That You're telling me that if Linfield aren't in the same league as Dundalk and Shamrock Rovers, where they can bring players up and show them around Windsor Park and show them around the facilities and Belfast isn't a bad place to live, in fairness, that, you know, they're not going to be able to try and sign a... Okay, these are just examples. But, you know, the yeah. Robbie Benson... Or the, or the, this year. Yeah, or the Robbie Benson... Yeah, but, I mean, there's some Bastion here, but I'm just saying that, like, you know they could be a competitor because they're, they're not able to offer full-time contracts to clubs at the moment. But if they went to players at the moment, sorry. But it, so like if they, could, if they could offer that, they, those clubs within a year would be able to compete for some of the players that, you know, that at the it's moment would join for the Dock But Rovers. it's not that they even can't. You're right, Dan. But it's not that they can't, Linfield can't offer full-time contracts. It's that they're not in that market at the moment. Yeah. So if they there. want to get to the next stage, they will say, well, we need to be, like Larn are, are, are full-time to a point and Linfield are full-time to a point. They don't like, unless you're in that market and you're in an environment where the league is a real professional league, then Linfield are probably a better sound footing than any other club in the country in terms mm. of the finance and in terms and of the Windsor structure. Park and all that as so well. if they say, if they have a year or two where, let's say they're third or fourth or fifth in the league, they have what it takes to go and compete with it if it's done yeah, They'll at the be time. fine. And that's what we need. So, um, well, and, an and they need a challenge. Yeah, I believe th- they absolutely. need a challenge. There's an interesting parallel in that the Berlin Wall came down 30 years ago, I think, this week, and they had to merge two economies that had obviously gone completely different ways, the east, uh, east and the West. And uh, the Northern Irish economy versus the South is radically different now. So yeah. it could kind of pay off for the Northern teams in that if the Northern teams paid reasonably good wages, the cost of living in Belfast compared to Dublin is no comparison. Yeah. So yeah. There, there, it could work out quite interesting. But I'm just looking at the peripheral clubs that maybe were wavering. I don't think it did it any favours no. that Dundalk were so far but, ahead. But those peripheral clubs, Johnny, don't want it anyway. This mm. is my point. They're, if there any of those peripheral clubs looking at that for evidence, they're confirming what they already want to believe. Yeah. I'm sorry. like, There's no way... that like, I just think that that's just not an argument that's realistic. Those you clubs, made an interesting those clubs point don't want it for their own like, reasons yeah. anyway. You're making an interesting point that we shouldn't necessarily knock them for being happy with what they have up there in a way no. in that they have something that's quite unique and, the, and in fairness to the NIFL regardless of the IFA saying strength to strength and that's been knocked the NIFL is in a decent enough place at the moment with, with crowds and social media and all that stadia 
performances in Europe were good this year. It's it's in a better place than it has been. I'm just as Vinny says, Linfield need to be challenged. But, but I mean, I, I met some. I know, but it's all. Listen, this is a, be- a broader picture of do you want to offer some kind of like professional football on this island? And we see Waterford now coming back. Like these are difficult times. We need to look at stuff that can make this better. I spoke to a lovely fellow involved at Cliftonville at at the the meeting in Dundalk now, but he's very negative on the league. And at one point he was saying that people say you know the NFL and you know I feel bad saying it, but like he did make the point that listen, I've looked at it, you know, that actually the, the ratio of people who attend games in Northern Ireland versus the South, something like 0.4% versus 0.2%. It's like, well, this is bad versus bad. Do you know what I mean? Like, this is like, uh, it's like two people are out last night arguing over who was more drunk. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's not, it's not something to be proud about either way. So do we want to make something that's better and be open to it and to explore it? And yes, the peripheral clubs are happy in the raw and you can't just, you can't just say that you forget the smaller clubs and just eradicate them and say that's it they can't do that but there comes a point where people who like we we can't make that point and then also have people sitting here in this couch and say we want to make an industry in this country we want our mm. kids not to be exported we want so on one hand we're saying let's maintain something that will make sure that, that never happens and on the other hand like you have to make unpopular decisions like people start talking about we need a 20 team division instead of 10 well that's grand but that's the end of full time football for your top clubs and for players having a full time environment yeah. here so you, there comes a stage where you have to cater for the, the bigger operations and that may not be fair for everyone but you can't have it held back it's self interest I think a lot of this masquerading is for the greater good it's people looking after their own lot and I understand that because that's how football is operated on this island that everyone runs their own business and you know, I, I understand, and it's very emotive and it's very difficult, but you have to be open to this discussion for valid reasons. But anyway, we've gone off on a tangent. Vinny's here to talk about the dog season. Vinny, could you give it a mark out of 10? <laughs> that's, a, that's a good question. Mark out of 10. Um, You're allowed a half. Give yourself a player rating or like give the club a, a rating for the season in terms of how you feel. Yeah, an a, a plus or a B plus or something. No, I'd, I'd go out of 10. We'll go out of 10. Like we, we, we sat down in pre-season and we, we, we set out some goals and, and um, we did speak about the treble. We spoke about it from the from pre-season. It was around the, around the 20th of February. That's what That was the challenge I laid out to the players. And that gave them a real focus around semi-finals of League Cups where you can sometimes switch off or quarter-finals and made everyone travel to the League Cup games and sometimes you might leave mm. players who weren't involved. You'd leave them at home and made everyone travel. So we had real focus on every competition we entered. So, um, you know, there is a disappointment in the, in the sense of the FAI Cup. There's a disappointment there, a little bit of hurt. As, but as I said, um, the, it... <laughs> And I, I don't want this taken the wrong way, but it might turn out to be that little blessing in, the si- in disguise. That little bit of hunger we got back last week. It's not that we were missing hunger for the cup final. and It's not that we didn't prepare properly. It's not that we didn't do our own versions of videos and different bits and pieces. We've done a hell of a lot around the cup final. It didn't go away for, for various reasons. So, um, you know, we we lose the players. The players don't lose any marks for me. I thought they... If you were giving them mark, marks of 10, I would say 10 out of 10. I would say some of the errors were made around the cup final. That's an obvious one. Mm. And and in Europe, I thought uh, I thought we were unlucky with the draw. There's no doubt about it. You know, um, People will undervalue some of the teams we played. But uh, we were just short. We were short of a couple. Nothing mm. major, but we were short of a couple. 
Um, but I'd say that probably lies on 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 my door more than more than the players. I think we got to the inch of uh, everything out of them. And ultimately, no matter what you say, we've we've entered five competitions this year domestically. We've lost a penalty shootout for winning all five of them. So is there is there little things that niggle away at you? I mean, as you mentioned there, that like you know, if I gave you the cup final back again, I know obviously the Shields thing was a, you know that. The, you can only say so much. It was a, it was a, it was a cock up, and I know there was factors around it, but it was a, it was a cock up. But just take the shields thing out of it. If I gave you the cup final back now, is there things you would do differently? Um, no, I believe that I was doing the right things. Um, we, there was there was certain like the McElhenney injury drives me demented more than anything else uh, mm. because that's the f- the only player who walked off the pitch with a muscle injury in the whole season. Uh, we managed them very well. We've had a horrendous. We've had three broken metatarsals with two, you know, broken leg, whatever. But we've never had a muscle injury on the pitch all season. That one drives me demented. Uh, we missed, we missed, we missed him. Obviously, missed Chris. Um, I think it was it was their time. It was a perfect moment for them. Everything went their way. They took advantage of that, and we went at our best in any way, shape, or form. So. Uh, is the things I do differently now? Yes, at the time I felt they were the right things, um, and you know we didn't have we didn't have John Mount. He wasn't right. Sean Gannon had certain injuries, but I need to be careful. I don't I don't make excuses for the cup final. We were short on the day, and they deserved it. To, to be fair, I still say we created the best chances in the game, um, but they deserved to win the cup final. I I, I wouldn't begrudge them that, um, but it's been, I think it's been. I think it's been an outstanding season for the club. It's been one of the greatest seasons of all time uh, for the club. People will, will and maybe it's the way the world has gone, but people will knock us and there's not that many good teams. And people look back with rose-tinted glasses. Remember in 2015, we played at Lone, who, who were very, very stru- very poor at the time, struggling. Darren Meenan won a penalty in the 93rd minute and Richie Tell scored the penalty. But... Apparently we were this squash buckling team back in fifteen. So I think people look back in different ways and what I've learned is the the more successful you are, the more people are, are willing to knock you. At the beginning, the first couple of years it was it was great, it was how we were doing it, but and maybe maybe uh Stephen Kenny is more likable than me. He had that he had that character and he was able to carry the team, but now people are looking to knock us and um as I said to you Four, four trophies out of five, and the last one was a penalty shootout. Mm. Um, I th- I think the players have done all right. I think they've done quite well, to be fair to them. With all due respect, like you came into a job that with resources that everyone else would want, but you were on a hiding to nothing because you're taking over from Stephen Kenny. So it's like, well, it was a bit of a lose lose situation away. Like even if you won, even if you won the FAI Cup this season, there still will be people saying, sure, like look at the players you had, yada yada. So. It was a difficult enough job in some ways, I suppose. Yeah, but don't mix me saying that with being an. I'm not annoyed about what people say about mm. about me or what you say about the club or, you know, there's certain times you have to defend your own character, defend the, the group, like, um, the resources we had, and, um, I told you I do switch off sometimes, and I said it to you like ten minutes in, I heard the one where, you know, Rovers and Dundalk would would be the top two because of the size of their budget. I don't I don't accept that. We hadn't got the highest budget seven years ago. We're in the exact same position seven years ago as Finn Harps are today. Now, 
What's you know stopping? what I mean, though. Now, no, like, yeah, at the start but, of this but, season, but, like, but budgets dictate. Like, no, no, they don't. They, they're, they're the most all. important thing. They're not the most important thing. Don't how, how are they not? It. But just clearly, they're not. So we'll go back to when we play when we were in the exact same position as Finn Harp seven years ago. Mm. We didn't come into the league with the biggest budget. We when we went through Europa, Europa League in two thousand sixteen, I was part time. Most of the players were part time, so that wasn't about budget. Our back four. Um, of Sean Gannon, Brian Gartland, Andy Boyle, Dane Massey, Chris Shields, okay? They were available for everybody to sign. Think about it. Sean Gannon was released out uh, Rovers and Pats. Brian Gartland was up the north and came back out. Andy Boyle was on no more than 300 euros a week at Shelbourne, and he was on maybe 350 a week at Dundalk. And Dane Massey was out in Bray for everyone else to sign. Chris Shields, we only signed in the last week of preseason. So... People make excuses, but budgets are excuses. I've never mentioned Karabag's budget, never mentioned Slovan Bratislava's budget. We're short of beating those clubs, but it's not down to budgets. Uh, you know, they have it, better players than us because of the party, because of the budget. No, right? they don't have better players because of the budgets. Like Moha, who plays left wing for them, an outstanding footballer. They signed them for, to be fair, they paid, I think it was £80,000 for him. Okay? Um, but he's a Moroccan-Spanish guy who... He's there four years. He scored against Besiktas last week. If he was playing for us and we were in the group stages, he'd be worth a million pound in, in the championship, something to buy him to see what he's doing. We're, what we're not doing is bringing these players and we're not developing them into what they should be. And we need to get to Europe regularly to do that. But I don't Explain accept... that actually, sorry, that you're not bringing these players in like players from abroad or is it like your own players? Or well, 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 it's a mixture of both. I mean, like Andy Boyle... Um, Daryl Horgan and in particular the two of them around 2016 got international caps more or less on the back of that okay but that was based on what they were doing for us in Europe Daryl Horgan Andy's been really unlucky in my opinion um, he got into the Preston team and then the manager left he played 10 games more or less before the end of the season and then Alex Neal came in, I think, and didn't didn't fancy him, which it was part of the football. That's life, yeah. And that's life, and it's gone the other way, and Andy's back with us now. Daryl has had a, a great career. Um, but what them showcasing themselves in, in, in Europe has meant that they, they became better players and, and of a higher level. Um, what we got to do is, there's a challenge for us now to say is, do we do we try and win the league again next year? Do we, do we sign three or four of the better players available? Or do we go and, and, and experiment almost and, and bring a couple I'm in? I'm fascinated by that now. So what but might that entail? Is this, is, this, is this potentially an insight into what your transfer strategy might be this winter? Well, that you might look overseas. But, not, but what you're saying there, not necessarily for the 31-year-old veteran overseas player. Is it more the, 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 the young player, like the example yeah, you mentioned, who might, who might have a bit of improvement in them? But yeah. where, where do you go, though? I mean, well, where do you well, go? well, so to go back... The, to, before I answer that, let me be very clear. I don't believe budgets dictate where you finish in the league. I just don't. I think it's a lazy option. Um, we went to Spain this last year in the mid-season camp. We went on on the Wednesday and we came back Sunday night. Okay, mm. A lot of clubs in the league start training the following Monday morning. We've done eight sessions. So that the budget thing can be thrown at Dundalk. Sure, you went to Spain. You have loads of money. Now, we've won that money on the pitch and, and players like Dane Massey, would be on a good contract now, but that's because he's no, I think, I think so. Yeah. No, but sorry, and and what I mean about let me just explain that is, if I was in charge of Dundalk and we'd no money, 
we still would have been on the, in on that Wednesday and we would have trained in Dundalk. So there's no excuse for that. And if we beat a team two weeks later in the 90th minute and they've given their players 10, 11, 12 days off on that break, that's not down to budgets. That's down to a drive. That's down to doing things right. And that's where I don't accept budgets being an excuse. I accept the help. I accept it's easier for me to do a video presentation in my new video room. I accept that. I think, I I think accept that. for squad depth in a season where you, where you play 20, you know, I know you've played 16 games and whatever many days, 48, but there's some clubs who only have a squad of 16, 17. You've been able to use 19 players across the two Santa Cup or the two Santa Cup games to unite the Union yeah. Cup games. Uh, and, and that didn't include, say, McElhenney and Sean Murray. So, like, you... You have a deeper squad. That's no doubt. And as much as I'm it. defending myself in terms of our, our, our club and saying budgets help, I'm not saying I'm saying they help. It does allow me, as you say. But we played over 55 games. Yeah. So I spoke to a player a couple of weeks ago. who said, "You know, will I get into the team?" And this is a big question. But if you play 30, 32, 33 games for a mid-season team, you're probably still going to play 32, 33 games for the dock anyway. Mm. So we, it, it, we have to have a bigger squad by the nature of what, what we what we do. It's fi- over 55 games. So we and do have to a, have that. You've achieved that scenario by your success in Europe in 2016. But that is the one thing yeah. that you it's can entirely, say. Like, like, the, the, I, I, I'm not, I'm not, um, I'm not like Dundalk have gotten everything you deserve. Um, but just getting back to Dan's question. Yeah. The, okay. The, Sorry. I, I'm fascinated the, the, by this. The, recruit, the recruitment that you might do this winter. Yeah. So, I mean, th- there's nothing set, set in stone. Okay. So I believe that England is overscouted to the end of its life. Uh, if you were asking a, an example of that would be if I asked the goalkeeper or head of recruitment at a championship club, who's the goalkeeper in uh, Hibernian, he tell you? Livingston, Luton Town, whatever, who's it? If I said to him, who's the goalkeeper of Slovan Bratislava? He wouldn't know, I don't believe. Most of them wouldn't. Goalkeeper as well. Yeah, he's probably the best <laughs> keeper I've come across in Europe. In any scouting we've done or the 36 or whatever it is games we've played in seven years. He's outstanding. He's a, he's a Slovakian 21 international. Scored a, saved a penalty against mm. Wolves last week. He is top-notch. So I think championship clubs, in one sense, I'm, I'm not all of them, I don't know enough. And I'm wrong, I don't mean the word lazy, but they, they're focusing on that league. So it's over-scouted. So the best young players in England, Scotland, just aren't there for us. So we do have to, I believe, go further afield and try and find a player outside. Now, that's risky, that's difficult, because it's not an area of expertise that anyone in has. And even in the UK, as I just said, they don't have. So you, it, it is risky, but we've got to we've got to take a chance. But at the same time, a player might come available at Hib, Hibs, you know, that we sign. And so there's no... Finney, there's, like we're, we're, we're a very wealthy country in Ireland. We're, we're very close to the British market, obviously. Um, we play summer football and most of the teams play good football. So are we missing a trick here? Um, by not, you, you had Christian Adaran, obviously, who was yeah. a fairly exotic player. Um, did well in the league and showed technical ability maybe that others didn't have. We are missing a trick here, are we not? I, like I remember when Pats played Zimbru Chisnew years ago and... Uh, they lost 5 0 in the first leg, and I think uh, either Liam Buckley or Pat Dolan said, well, We're not going to get hockeyed 5 0 again, uh, ever, like basically. And then they lost the second leg 5 0 as well. And I remember looking at their players, and they were so technically outrageous compared to ours. There's but, lifestyle, I mean, but you were talking about the cost of living in Dublin, though, John. You know, for example. Hmm. And, yeah, but, you know, but we'll say so. I'm I'm intrigued by this. So, what's the standard of wage in sort of the Eastern European countries where they definitely have players that be good enough playing league? Yeah, I, I I suppose for me the big learning this year was that 
for take Slovan Bratislava for argument's sake. They're they're they had their front four. So the right we call the numbers. I don't like using numbers, but seven, ten, eleven, and nine. Okay, their front four. They have a front eight. So we didn't know exactly who was playing mm. before we played them because they're that good in them areas. I believe our front four could could play for Slovan or to be definitely be part of that eight. But the difference is we've got four, maybe another one coming in. We we need to go up another level in that area. Okay, so if we had Slovan's front four in our squad, now would Moha play instead of Michael Duffy? I don't know. You know, if Michael lost form, Moha would play. If mm. Moha lost form, Michael would play. So we have to have that level in our squad if we want to get. I don't believe, and it's not that it's not that our strikers aren't good enough. It's I don't believe our defensively or our midfield was cut short in Europe at any stage this year. Your midfield, yeah, midfield. I know we made some mistakes and some some different things, but I don't I don't believe we were cut short in the sense of structurally. I made a mistake around the Carabag game, but I don't believe the away game. The away game, but in, in terms of, I don't believe our back four or our, you know Chris in front of them or whatever our midfield combinations are. I don't believe that's where our big problem is. Doesn't mean we can't improve it. I believe that up the top end of the pitch, um, we can be better, but not necessarily that we can be better. That we need a better player than Michael Duffy, but we just need another Michael Duffy. We need, you know, another Pahuban. So if Pah hasn't scored, then the next striker in is. We believe George is very close to that. But the point I'm making is, we need to improve the quality of of players in our group, um, and it probably needs to be a stronger squad again. Where are you looking? I'm looking everywhere. Honestly, I've um, anywhere really like um, um, you're a long way away. No, but like. We've so because we won the league so so long ago, it's meant we've been able to be targeted and very calm. The window doesn't open really for these players till January, mm. and some are in contract, out of contract. For example, um, you know when you look at the market of Croatia, you go right, really interesting. You 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 may think that Belgium all all players, are, but it's ironically. Belgium strength and depth isn't as big as people they think. They have people going to games, very few crowds at the bottom. Like yeah, yeah and yeah. and so what we've learned, what I've learned in, in particular is that you take Bate Borisov. If we want to become or an Irish club, is going to it doesn't matter who it is. I just hope one does in the net. Obviously, at the moment, I hope it's done. If you want to become a, a Bate Borisov, I probably watched because we played them two seasons, maybe fifteen Bate Borisov league games over a two-year period. They play in in fields in front of. Four three hundred. Their main stadium, when you see it, and is is amazing. Their average crowd is about two and a half thousand, and maybe three thousand army men are made go to the game at night. But they're in the, you know, they're there. Proper uh, Eastern dictators. Yeah, they're in their their army uniform. They're not that big of a club. They're not that, but they they cracked Europe once and they built on and cracked it twice, and they'll actually they won't win the league again this year. Gonna, it looks mm. like they may not qualify uh, as, into the Champions League. But to become a Bate Borisov, um, it's doable for an Irish club. And people would would say, well, one of the things I hear is Dundalk struggle in Europe because they don't play against top teams every week. That's For me, that's nonsense. It would be better if we played higher level teams. But um, it's not about that because I've seen you know teams in, in Europe not playing against high level teams. I've seen 
Slovan play against teams. Celtic beat Lazio the other day. Like Celtic aren't exactly. Yeah, you know. like so exactly. And I think I think we've got to just be a little bit calmer. Um, stop. Uh, like I don't listen to the noise around Europe when we went out. I don't listen to don't listen to the big investigations, and we're so far behind. Um, you must be aware of it, though. Yeah, of course, and 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 it hurts because because ultimately, uh, it's funny. I went to two Rovers games in Tala as a support. I went to the Pats game in Richmond, hoping they'd win. I want to see Irish clubs do well in Europe. Uh, when Pats scored, I didn't jump up, uh, and I hid away on the back. But uh, uh, or uh, Rovers should I say when they scored? But <laughs> would have made a good follow. A, a very very uh, a very loud Rovers fan let me know. Did you not celebrate that? I was delighted for them. I was delighted for them. I really was. I think that's such a unique uh, scenario where you're actively supporting a club who are going to progress a lot financially by winning the game. But I completely get where you're coming. No, from. but I, uh, like we we have to back ourselves, and this is the mm. problem. And listen, uh, and and Dan will probably give me a dirty look, but I'm not going to open a tangent. But twelve months ago, this the whole league of our, the whole Irish football has changed in what was twelve months ago, and the problem is. You look at the you look at say the soccer writers or the the PFAI awards you night you you think of the soccer writers. There's so many intelligent, loving people who love the game of League of Ireland, right? The problem is there's people sitting on say table number twelve who don't like table nine because Dundalk and back in '93 the old Dundalk chairman left them short to fifty quid and he's do everything and he's gonna slag. We have to get away from that, like. Like, Rovers are our biggest rivals. I went down my way to make sure Nolborn, um, Jonathan Roach and Mark Lynch wished them well and hoped he enjoyed the couple of days, okay? Now, why did they do that? I've done that because I know hard how hard they've worked to get Tallow where it is, where the stadium, what they put into the club, how hard they work in the community. Do I want Rovers to get any better? No, I don't. I want us to stay ahead of them and all of that. And the rivalry will come... And they'll dislike me some days, and I'll dislike them. But if we're going to improve the league, let's we have to start working together. And the fella on table twelve has to get over himself, and forget that Dundalk chairman probably left him short of fifty quid twelve years ago, and just get on with the bloody thing and mm. start improving the league together. And you're starting to see that a little bit because you're starting to see the you know Noel Bourne, Martin Conley working together in terms of improving the league, and there's. There's guys at Pat's heavily involved it, and we're starting to see that. But um, you know, I'm sure um, certain clubs or certain people at the PFAI awards when I picked up the award were drawn to us to heaven and complaining about this and that. We just need to stop, like, mm. just need to stop, get on with it, and genuinely, like, what an experience going to Tallaght is. The night we beat them one 0 up there, still my favourite moment in football. For for loads of different reasons, but Sean Gannon's goal. Sean or? Gannon's goal that night, I I felt for loads of reasons connection with our own supporters. You're from Killinard. I'm from well. up the road. I got a little bit of stick, but even the stick I got it does, like, adds to it. It adds to it. That's mm. and going back to Dundalk against Linfield, we need that thing. Like mm. like we need hatred is the wrong word, but we definitely need rivalry. I don't mind it, and and it, but at the same time under it, the people like. Uh, that care about the game, the people in the room with the PFAI or the soccer rights. You think about who's going to be in that room. They could fix it very quickly if they mm. all actually hid their own egos, got rid of their own sort of grievances with other clubs and actually start working together. And I think you're starting to see that um, 
people like, to be fair to the PFAI, have started to go the louder voice. And once they use that correctly and don't try and, you know, no one needs to make a hero of themselves of next year. All work together. I think we've got something that could work. And I hope it's in conjunction with the North because I think that challenge would mean that there could be an industry here. Ah, definitely. Yeah. You, mean, you mentioned Tala as well, and I mean this in the nice possible way. You talk to a player from Eastern Europe, and he's like, yeah, I love what you're saying. You bring him over, you bring him to Oriel. Yeah, mm. yeah, and, and, and to be fair to our current owners is that they get a lot of stick. Oriel Park is not good enough at the moment. Um, and sometimes, as I said to you, sometimes I feel like it's only right that we defend Dundalk. The, the owners are in, the, in this November in the club two years. Okay, when they first took over, we had just lost the league and the cup to Cork. Uh, Stephen needed some support and he gave it to us. We won the league and the cup back. Um, if we're going to attract players, first and foremost, we've, we have to have a better working environment for them. They have that now. Uh, we have we've players who've been at lower-end championship clubs or Scotland, the League One clubs, and they say our training facilities are better. Okay. So uh, we've a full-time kit man. We've been building the club. The, the problem for Dundalk is um, what happened in the last seven years means we have to build the club from the top down. Mm. Okay, so that makes it more difficult. To be to be fair to Rovers, they're doing a great job. They're building from uh, not the bottom up, but they're certainly building their structures the other way. So um, I would say give our club a little bit of time, give them a little bit of respect. I think every other club could do with owners like the ones in Dundalk. They've put their money where their mouth is. They've supported the team. I think you'll start to see some changes. Um, in regard, in, I think Oriel is definitely... They, they accept it needs to improve. Will there, um, will there be a change in the surface or will that be... Yeah, it's it's part of a, a bigger discussion. As I said, things take time and, and I understand... Do you any preference on that, actually? Yeah, well, we, pref grass, we, we prefer grass. Mm. I think we, we prefer that. Um, it's always been a stick. I mean, look, again not defending the club but when eight years ago when, when teams were coming up winning 7-0 in Orion Park it wasn't a problem now it's a problem ah yeah yeah you know yeah, so yeah, yeah. with all due respect but could it be a grass pitch next season uh, no I don't think next season uh, some stage next season maybe but it's not as easy as that we're in summer football and when mm. you lay stuff and all that stuff but it's being investigated like it's not something that you know doesn't. it's not that there's no one sitting around discussing this we've 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 asked for tenders we've discussed it how are we going to manage it, whether it's it's this year or the start of the following year, but it's it's part of discussions. This stuff is going on, and ultimately we'll make what whatever's right from a business point of view and a football point of view. Um, what what Where Oriel Park, where Dundalk, and forget who owns the club for a second, have to be, have to be given a bit of leeway is, like, and I, I've complimented Rovers in terms of those people I mentioned, but, Ultimately, whether they like it or not, this, the county council spent just over two and a half million for that stand at the back of the goal alone, without all the other stuff, and they're probably going to spend even more on the other end. Yeah. Okay, amazing facility, all of that stuff. Ironically, the council is generally run by Sinn Fein. It's it's interesting. They're willing to pump that money into a ground which is quite often not full. Right? so it's interesting. It's had a great year, Tala. There's, yeah, and it's a brilliant facility, mm. and I'm from that area. I love seeing people walking out of the area, Springfield, all that stuff, walking down to the game. But remember, that, that county council, have over, there's over 300,000 people living in Tala. There's only 40,000 living in the dock. So the finances are, are massive. You're not going to get the council. When you look at, when you look at Derry, the council, mm. when, you, when you look at what's happening in Dalymount, when you look at Cork, 
when you to be fair uh the main people who could put their hand up and say hey we've been fair with our money is Sligo outside of that very few other clubs you know it's not a level playing field at the moment so I went over last week to a to a course run but in in Fingal um for a TY year 17 year olds full time footballers for the year TY so brilliant course and I won't go into too much detail about it but again Fingal County Council I spoke to the head of the, the county council they've done so many surveys they think they're saving so much money investing they've two FEI coaches the guys get strength and conditioning all of that stuff and we will bring that proposal to Dundalk County Council. But remember, to be fair to them, it's such a small council. We've 40,000 people living in Dundalk. Mm. So we're, we're, we're backs against the wall in that sense. So um, I know that the Oriel has well. to improve. I think yeah. it will. There has been some minor changes, but we're, we're on a... We're on a, I think we're on a good path. But I suppose ultimately for the for the American owners, it's not really in their business model to put a load of money into Oriel because it it just it's not and and they they probably admit that themselves. That's not kind of why they're there. So it's kind of no, like but watching the game the other night it was I don't know why was it necessarily um, to do with the stadium, but in the second half, a lot of the Linfield fans were way over to one side of that away section, and I presume it was because they literally couldn't actually see the ball if they stood in the in the main section because Linfield were attacking the other end, and it looked and Dan has made the point about the good goals that would look better in <laughs> Michael Duffy's goal. I got, a, I got a message after the cup final on Twitter. I think it was with some dog fan who was like, hope you enjoyed that Duffy goal with your backdrop. And I was like, yeah. people have the wrong ways of lashing out. Yeah, but, and, and that's yeah. fair. But at the same time, like, again, you mentioned Waterford. Waterford, like, it's it's a council, basically, yeah. ground. Like, for me, the best goal of the season is Jordan Flores' goal down there, right? It was an amazing goal. But it doesn't look anything because of... It's true, it's, it's true. It's a running track around it. Yeah, so it's true, yeah. I, uh, we accept that. I'm just saying, you've you've said the Dundalk, the, the owner's business model, but I'm not sure you, you and I, I, I mean this, in, I'm not having a go, trust me, there's a few things I'll have a go with you about, but that won't be one, right? <laughs> yeah, you're, about, you're out of here now. Yeah, so. I know. Yeah. I'm just saying, we don't know what the plan is. It's mm. not like, people think they're here to make money. They're, they're not, they, they actually believe in the club. They, are they believe in the money, small though, town. No, not, no, they're not here to make money because it's easier way. Six operative, like no, uh, no, and I'm not going to speak on their behalf, but mm. I'm just saying they love the 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 community element of Dundalk. There's bigger and better clubs they could have bought with less hassle, with less uh, criticism coming their way. I think you'll find that they they are in this club for the right reasons, and it's not me speaking about them because they employ me. I'm, I, I like I'm honest enough, fella, to tell you the truth, mm. or else I wouldn't address the subject. They're in it for the right reasons. Uh, have they made some mistakes? Yes. Of course, we've all made we mistakes. All mistakes. But I think they're in it for the right reasons. I think the more owners like Peak Six we have in this league, and I think it'd be a better league. There's, I am a bit curious about sort of the off-the-field operation. I mean, when, when the Pat Huben contract was announced, you mentioned, I think it was mentioned in the press release, that... Uh, that Bill Holzheiser had played a big role in it, who was the father of Matt, who was the founder of Peak Six. And this is sort of a bit of an unusual one in the sense that when the Peak Six takeover happened, and it's obviously, a, a, you know, people Google this company, yeah. um, and, you know, Mike Tracy obviously works for works for Peak Six. I know he has a, you know, the stake as well, but, like, people who are involved with the project, there's a sense that they've been, they've been uh, assigned to it, but that maybe... Matt Hulsizer, the owner, wouldn't necessarily be very hands off. You know, it's something that his his employees would look after as such. And this is just one speck in, in their world. And now you have his father involved. So clearly, 
there's an involvement there which I don't think people anticipate at the start. But uh, can anybody how that has come about? Or what's yeah, well, there? well, well, I suppose two years is a long time in in life and business. So, uh, so who was announced at the start and all that stuff? Everything changes. But but Bill is somebody who, um, yes, he's he's Matt's father. Matt, Matt has an interest in the club. He'll watch our games. Um, we were playing on a Friday night. We'll have a stream going straight back. They'll be in an office. The um, Pig Six offices will have the game on a on a big screen. So they'd be really interested in it. It's not, it's not that this is just some investment over in Ireland. And um, his father has a real love love for the town, real love for the club. Um, he's someone I've got to know over the last six months. He's become more and more around the club. Uh, did he help in the of course he helped in the the Pahuban, um contract, but ultimately. Uh, them decisions, myself and Mike Tracy, they're we're, we're the two who who ultimately make them decisions. We run everything by back in through the whole board, but at the same time, myself and Mike would make them decisions. That was mm. uh, Bill was there for some of the final touches, but <clears throat> myself and Mike, Mike's very important. Uh, myself and Mike work talk to each other every day in terms of even for next season who we're going to sign, what we're going to sign. So, um, the owners. Big six, the owners, uh, I probably got more hands on this year than they were definitely the previous years. But I, I can only say to you, and for someone who loves Irish football, and uh, as I said, it's right in my blood. Everything I want everything good for. I don't mind Rovers being brilliant. I don't mind Pats being brilliant, Cork being brilliant. Obviously, I want us to be better than them. I'm telling you, these people are in the club for the right reasons. Um, it's definitely not to make money because you don't make generally make money of Irish football I guess their plan was to get to the Champions League or Europa League group stages if possible if it, yeah of course but it's my mm. plan as well mm. I want to work with a club that want to get to the group stages so I, I, like Bill is involved he's been here for the last eight or nine days um, some small things and some big things like he you know he's met all of our all of our sponsors he's, he's like so there's a connection it's not it's not a, a coldness from in terms of we're over here in in America and you run the club yourself so does that connection does that family feel about the club that we need to get back mm. sort of part of my job as well now going forward but I think I think Bill does that and then he's a very intelligent man he's run his own business for a long time and he's someone that actually I've, I've asked for some advice but ultimately uh, Mike Tracy's chairman myself will just like they will decide yeah. what we're doing are you happy with the, like the, the the freedom that you have to do your job? I mean, in the sense that I mean, there's, there's been off the field stuff that the CEO has now left. Um, there's obviously there's been people involved with recruitment. Uh, you know, and are you happy enough that like you have the the freedom to 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 I suppose you know pick your own squad? Like you know, do the, do you will lead recruitment this winter. Like yes, a hundred percent, and it's never been any different. Never, we've not. Ne I've never, I've never felt. I had to sign the player. I've never felt anything like that, any way, shape, or form. Um, that I'm, David Myler story was that true? There was a story that you could have signed him, and you were like, "This isn't," you know. No, like as I said, the world's gone mad. No, yeah, David there is Myler, a story for everything. Like yeah, that. David Myler was was someone who was as part of a list. Like we can do Which it now on a phone. Like, yeah. Elder contract players. I can give you a list of ten of them mm. now, and I like there is people who share that list with me, but. And um, but the no one will sign for Dundalk unless myself and Mike Tracy approve of it, right? And that's just fact. 
And uh, but at the same time, in the next couple of months, we've got to take a couple. I've got to take a couple of risks, like and mm. and what's that going to entail, Vinny? Now, in terms of players leaving as well, who's going to be obviously Robbie well, Benson today was confirmed. Yeah, Ro- Robbie Robbie's confirmed. Who else is leaving? Or? Um, the only other one who's who's out contract at the moment would be Jamie McGrath and Dean Jarvis. Stephen Follin has has decided to move on. Um, other than that. But the squad is settled, like under everyone contract. is under contract. Dummigan, Cameron Dummigan. Cameron you? Dummigan is under contract. So again, we, Flores we, under contract for next year. Yeah. So actually, what we're trying to do now is, and this is why people need to, and people will say, well, that's money. It's not. It's nothing got to do with money. It's got to do with the stability of the club. We're looking at a couple of lads who have one year contracts. Even one, one or two players might have two years left. We're going to sit down with them in January and extend their contracts. Um, and if we feel they're an asset to the club will extend their contract. Some players will want that, some players won't. The, the stability of the club. So, Because um, you've had some very good players who probably will feel that they could have played more, which is, you yeah. can only play 11 players. And I imagine one or two of them will want to move because just they'll want to play football like anyone, I but, suppose. But see, I don't. I don't see it like that. Okay. Like, I, I've seen players leave us. Some One or two players left last year. I spoke to them. Uh, I, I'd always be close to players. I spoke to them. They left because he didn't play loads and he'd come back in a harpy. Uh, the grass isn't green on the other side of you. You know, it, there's an argument whether playing 25, 30 games from the dock is better than playing 25, 30, 31 games for somebody else. Mm. Mm-hmm. So that's the argument they have to have. When you say risk, though, are you mean more talking about, not so much using the phrase of pushing the boat out, but, but actually taking a chance on some overseas players and seeing how well, they get in because there's always that slight unknown about the yeah well my first port of call is is what's available in Ireland because we know them are they good enough can they improve us do they go into our starting 11 and we'll we'll shop in this market as best we can the challenge here is and 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 again I keep saying it I've spoken to two players this year from Ireland all of them being offered more money by League of Ireland clubs that's fact. That, that like we, I believe in there's a there's a value to an Irish League player. of Ireland clubs or League of Ireland club clubs clubs. Okay, okay. um, and and you know there's one pair in, player in particular was offered more money by three other clubs. So, what do I do? Go into bid and war? I don't I don't see the sense in that. I think there's value in coming to our club. I think a lot of people find that staggering, it. actually. Yeah, and and I know they will, and mm. and and it's factual. Like, and I I don't throw out lazy comments. To, for for what you said, people will. I'm not trying to lazy comment. It's factual. Mm. He, he, there was one player offered more money by three other clubs. Okay, um, you know I signed Daniel Kelly last year, and in in his typical ring rings end wit, he came to a re- how in the name of Jesus have I got offered less mo- money at Dundalk than two other clubs? Well, I I I pulled him last week and says now, you know mm. was it worth it? And he accepted it. As Daniel continues to grow, for argument's sake, we, we'll see him as a value and asset to the club. His wages will improve. Mm. We don't just hand out mad money. We don't just hand out contracts to anybody. You've got to earn it. Uh, Where do you go after Ireland then anyway? When, so? Well, well every, the whole world is available now. Mm. Now, within reason, passports and different bits and pieces. Uh, as I said to you, the Croatian market, Slovakian market, uh, the French market, um, we're, 
were all French over the market. French market. We're all How over. How far them. up can you go to make it realistic? We, French well, market is deep, though, isn't it? It yeah. is deep. The, the, the world, a lot of African players well, as well, and so forth. Yeah, and and again, sometimes the challenge will be with passports and and different bits. And can you get work visas? There, like there, there is no ceiling, or there's no like. And we're only looking for a couple of players. We have to slowly build this. Bear in mind as well, in theory, Britain should be out of the EU by the time uh, the next season starts, in theory. Well, so at least being in the EU is not necessarily a bad thing for people. Who I don't think anyone's there. going to make any plans <laughs> on that basis, John. And, and I need to be careful here because we're a long way off someone like Basil. But when you look at Basil's squad, and I spoke to the president about this, believe it or not, I asked him a couple of questions. Probably 14, 15 of their squad are from outside of, of the country. Okay, and Dundalk have one or one. two. Yeah, one, and yeah. and by the way, we won't be anywhere near that next few years, mm. no matter what happens. I'm not talking about, you know, in three years' time, half of Dundalk squads based out of Ireland. It just won't work. We've got to slowly build, and if there's a player good enough in Ireland, we just we we go after him. We slowly build, but I believe that, um, um, taking we we need to take a couple of risks, mm. like so, if we if we. And when I say risk, I'm not going to sign anyone off YouTube or, you know, I, yeah. I have hundreds of agents. I get emails every single day through LinkedIn, through WhatsApp of videos of players. It's just I don't even open them. No mm. interest. In it. But we're we're very targeted what we're doing. Um, we're going after certain positions, certain players, and it's worth the risk. Like we have to find that Moha player or that Holman or Spora. They are there. That comes in and makes us us better makes the squad better and I think the knock-on effect of the league will be that obviously if we've got 20, 22 players if we have three or four of them then three or four of our, our other players are moving down the league and I think the league will actually improve them. but it's a long way off we're only at the early stages and um, we're not reinventing the wheel or anything like that we're not going to bring in five foreigners all of a sudden mm. but we're shopping in a different market because the, the value in this country may not be there for us at the yeah. moment just just finally, Stephen O'Donnell obviously left Robbie Benson's um going to St. Patrick's and um how much of uh how do you how do you fancy them to get on next season uh, as a club in general? Uh will there be anyone to challenge on Dawkins Shamrock Rovers? I, I think I think for me the job that Declan has done in Derry has been remarkable. Uh done a really, really strong job. I think they're they're the next best to challenge. Um and I don't know what Pat there's a there's a serious turnover in what Pats have done. There seems to be a serious turnover. Do you think he'd be as ruthless as he's been in terms of players being gone? Um, Eight or ten. Yeah, well, I suppose they weren't his players, so therefore, yeah, it was inevitable. Um, uh, It's very hard to know. I don't know what their squad makeup is. When you see what's left and what's... There seems to be the impression that three or four of the players under contract are allowed to leave as well. So until we know the makeup of the squad, it's hard to know where where they're going. Um, As I said... We just don't know that seven years ago in the exact same position as Finn Harps and we finished second the following mm. year. Um, it's up to anyone else to do the same thing. Mm. There's always a springer and there's always someone that comes and challenges you. Um, so uh, honestly, it's very, very difficult to say. Pats have a, if they're going to make that amount of changes, it could work or, or else they have a real rebuilding job to be done. It's hard to know. You're not one of the stags this week, are you? It was Stephen Folan stag and there's a Dane Massey stag, I think, as well? Yeah, just two stags this week. So, to be honest with you, listen, I uh, really, now, I really encourage them on these stags. Like, 
I saw pictures the other day. I should say someone on social media was uh, was it Robbie Benson's goodbye? The, the guy David Martin or sang Nasa and Dorma yeah. was like singing "Time to Say Goodbye." I think of Robbie Benson. Nah. So you had a you had a bit of a blowout of some kind yeah. on Monday. But no, you, you Monday, do encourage the players to head off now and yeah. No, I think I think you need to enjoy yourself, and that's been our problem. We won the league on a Monday night, and then five de- four days later we played a semi final in FAI Cup. We finished our season on another Monday night. So we haven't had that sort of moment or whatever. So I'm, I actually hope the within reason go bananas over the Are next you week. Going I think you need to, no, 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 not going. Can't really be mixing with players that much. I think. No, we never, never did anyway. Yeah. To be fair, but go to um, a wedding maybe or something. Yeah, you, know, you always end up at the wedding and, and see yeah. what happens. But um, yeah. no, I think just to be clear, four and all players are arrested in Amsterdam. This clip of Vinny endorsing them to go mile <laughs> would be edited, edited accordingly. It never happened. <laughs> so what I did was. I didn't do this, but what put me mind at ease was Stephen Fallon fa- Sags has people like Huben, McElhenney, Duffy, Jarvis, uh, Sean Murray, and Flores are on it. it was like, so where are they going? They're going to Benidorm. Right, okay. Benidorm. Right. Oh. So I'm like, okay, or Belmedina, whatever, yeah. one of those parts of the world, right? So I'm like, that's grand. I didn't really want them in Amsterdam. <laughs> And then the people like Brian Gartland. Dean, <laughs> Let him finish his point here, John. Uh, Brian Gartland, Dane Massey, that sort of more sensible crew are in Amsterdam. Right? So what are you saying about the lads so, in Benidorm? The, they're, slate, they're, just, they're not an Amsterdam type stag. No, they're, they're, uh, <laughs> when they get together, like um, Michael Duffy could be, at the moment, he's probably got a coffee machine on his head or something. <laughs> he's liable to do anything. So I'd rather he was doing that where... In a, in a country like that where, no, I wouldn't say it's acceptable, <laughs> but part of party town. And I'd rather De- uh, Dane and Brian Gartland would be very... They, they, tell you anything goes in Amsterdam, Vinny. <laughs> yeah, and that's, that's what right. I mean about coffee machine might be the worst thing you've ever seen. Michael <laughs> they Duffy might be do. in a cafe. So, no, don't fear that. That's okay. So, uh, I'm not worried about he's that part, He's not in Amsterdam at the moment. Michael Duffy is not listening no. to us wherever he is. Yeah, so I imagine Michael, Pahuben, they've, they've probably... The difference is, if they're tying themselves to bed, it's to do something shaved. We're going to have to leave you there, Vinny. Um, <laughs> That's um, why they're better off not in Amsterdam. <laughs> Vinny, thanks a million for coming in. Um, we'll have you in again, and, Vinny. And, yeah, have you. a great off-season, and sure. Uh, we'll see you in, in 2020 as well. Yeah, I look forward to it. And um, You're going to listen to this show back or cut off after What was your minutes? favourite prediction of the year, yeah. Vinny? No. favourite prediction oh, of the year? I think we I, need... I, I'm trying to think about the dog head on me here that... Uh, that uh, the event people who still ask for Johnny Ward every time they see me. Nobody so, mentions uh, I predict the Rovers to win the cup, but yeah, anyway. Yeah, yeah, big shout. Yeah, yeah big absolutely. Shout. It was a big shout. <laughs> uh, no, we're, <laughs> well, I, I'm in favour of these podcasts. I'm in favour of us promoting the league as best we can. Um, That's all my, we try The to hardest do. part for me is to ignore the noise of it all and, mm. and different things like that. Honestly, it is hard. Uh, but at the same time, the more people are talking about our game, the better, isn't it? True. And um, be, I, I won't hold you up. I know you're running late, but. Like when you think about this league, like look what Jack Bourne has done. There should be he should be on every billboard poster, particularly around Tallah. If you look, we've got then people like uh Deaths are leaving, um Dean Delaney and Gold. That's Shelbourne coming back into the league. I think it's brilliant the improvement that people have made down there. I think when we don't give ourselves the credit we deserve. I went into I I'm going honestly, I promise. But I went into see Leinster train. And you know what? Well, they're European champions to do all of the right stuff. It was an amazing experience. We actually, in Dundalk, trained similar to Leinster. It's not very, very little. Even the same food companies we use. So 
we don't give ourselves the credit we deserve. We don't uh, give our players the credit they deserve. We've got some special people around the league. And I just think um, it's too easy to be negative all the time. It's too easy for smart-ass comments on social media or whatever, knocking each other. Just we're, we're very close to cracking this league. I'm telling you, I think we are. And maybe somebody doing another European run would, would take it to the next stage or else someone like Jack Bourne becoming a star in the Irish team or whoever the next one is, I think we'll crack it. Couldn't agree more and uh, you'll enjoy Jack uh, starting against New Zealand tomorrow night and hopefully that goes well for the Shamrock Rose midfielder. Vinny, thanks a million. The only worry is, you know, please God, when a riff that the stadium comes on board, that we would love to be in the Premier Division, but as a sense at the moment, like we would be, you know, favourites by a long, long way to go straight back down. And, you are uh, a very negative man, Ollie. Like, you're always like this. Are you that bad in the dressing room? I have a good story about Ollie Horgan. So, they they got, uh, they overcame Limerick somehow in the playoff and Limerick were big favourites and all the boys are mad going, celebrating in the dressing room, all the, all the you know, music to beat the band and Ollie says to them, lads, you may as well enjoy this because you're going straight back down. Was that actually true? I said, oh, are you in the changing room? <laughs> <laughs> Which, are you that negative in the dressing room? Ah, no, don't get me wrong. No, no, no. To be fair, no, we with 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 some great days, some very positive days. But, you know, the, the reality, there's no point in me saying, yeah, we'll go on, we'll, we'll get to Europe. Like, we might get to Lourdes, Johnny. Is where we might Can you bring me with you? <laughs> <laughs> We're now joined by the best number 10 in the league and Danny Mandrew as well. Um, you're going to, keyboard, you're going to have to be honest here. You hate this lad's guts because he basically took your place. And I don't even know what you're even doing here tonight. This is an awards night. Did you even play this season? I position, but I'm here to celebrate. We had a great season there. He looks great. He always looks great. He does great. look great, he to be fair. He does look great. Nah, nah, it's good night. It's just came in the door, so it's nice to see everyone. And hopefully this man gets an award tonight. Yeah, that was uh, one of the many uh, PFI award clips uh, that were done with myself, uh, Shane Dawson, and Super Sub. You are well. a red carpet sensation, John. No. I have to say, I'm just thinking this could be something for you to develop in the years. I want, I don't want to just see Johnny Ward uh, at the at the sort of PFI awards. I want you. Uh, what's that sort of no mark Irish one? Is it the Iftas or something? Yeah, it's just around the, yeah. the same people who are in the same three or four shows. Yeah, to get an awards or something or uh, yeah, I mean, that's, the journalism that's, awards. That's Ultimately, the League of Ireland is just a stepping stone for me, really. Um, but uh, <laughs> there's already a Johnny Ward in the celebrity world, yeah. of course. Um, but uh, we did speak to David Parkhouse as well, and this was one of the more uh, unique interviews of the night. Uh, he spoke to LOI Weekly after the dinner. So we're coming towards the end of the PFAI Player of the Year awards, and I'm here with one of the strikers, uh, the only Derry player on the team of the year, and he's with uh, his girlfriend here, Anna or Annie? Annie. Anna was your ex. No. <laughs> I was only joking about that. All right. So this this is Annie, and you met her uh, last Christmas in uh, in Derry. In Derry, last Christmas, yep. How did it happen? Uh, she was actually bugging me in the line. If I'm being honest, uh, we were queuing up to go into a club called Sandino's, and her and her friends was behind me, and uh, <laughs> I got a few nups from behind. And, and who was that from? Well, I think it was from her. I should bloody well hope so. I know she would, or else she wouldn't be here tonight. But no, it's paid off for me. And I will so, say, I, I, I will say one thing. When I when I see the Derry lads here with their missus, they're always doing very well. Like you know, in fairness, like David, you've had an amazing season. You came back to League of Ireland. I watched you in Daily Mount earlier on the season. You were up front on your own. And I thought this kid has an awful lot to learn. I didn't think you had a great game. And next thing I watched you again, and your progress was amazing. Oh well, look, I, I was asked to asked to do a, a very big role from early on the season. Bearing in mind, I never thought that I would get them any chances as I did. But they play up front 
on your own in the League of Ireland. That's, that's very tough, but in a way it suits me because sometimes I like playing on front of my own because I can control everything, but then it's whether or not the players behind me can help me out then. And obviously, they worked as hard as they could as well, and I'm not going to doubt them. And I wouldn't be here tonight if it wasn't well, for the players as well. well. I suppose in many games, like they're in defensive mode, and then the ball's up top to you, you look back and they're trying to rush to actually get up to you because they're under pressure. Well, it's a, it's a very athletic game for us, and we they as a club we like to play, and uh, as a and an attacking sense, we're not we're not defensive minded. We're attacking minded, and we want to get our fullbacks on, and we want to get our defenders high up the pitch as well to keep. Keep them compact up the pitch and create as much chances as we can. But as you know yourself, the way the games play out at times, it's it's back to forth, and obviously that's how you, you bank on teams making mistakes and players being in position. And but look, if you were to give the position that we got to now this year at the start of the season, would have put your hand off for it. Like absolutely great season for you from the position you were in. You're in Europe next season, and um, you know I was up at the game against St Patrick's, supposing that Randy well. Uh, I'd say it's special to be from Derry, and most of you are to be playing there. Hundred percent. Look, it's 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 a young it's a young group. Obviously, we can top up on some of the experiences, but our our athleticism and enthusiasm got us through the year. And a couple of more new additions for next season. I'm no no doubt that the club's going to be uh, in a good place. Um, what about the boy Decky as well and Deerzel? <laughs> top men. Couldn't couldn't thank them. Proper dairy men. Like. Proper dairy men. They're hardcore dairy men. They're both from Craig and area and. That's where the Brandywell is. The Brandywell's on the bog, and it's, it's classified as a, a Craigan area as well. And that the bogs had the bog and Craigans both had its tough times in the past years. And that's one thing that uh, Dagley Dears has always reiterated this uh, throughout the years that Derry, not only Craigan on the bog side, uh, Derry's had its tough times in the years, and everything that any Derry person's had to do in the years they've had to work for everything, even in the troubles and. Uh, Everything that's going on, everybody's had they had they worked for what they have, and even they know there's there's people, even the fans you look at the fans, and there's there's fans come to dairy matches and they're in their bare bones with money, but they want to go because there's pride in the city. We've give we've get well, I would like to think we've give back what dairy city is all about, and hopefully uh, what we've done this year is on the right roads to uh, taking dairy back to the way it was whenever uh, the likes of Dickie was around the team assistant manager and Deirdre was playing and, and especially the team as well that uh, won the treble it was, it was a magnificent side and obviously that's what that's where we want to be again it's a bit hard to say oh we want to be the team that wants the treble but we just want to be the team that has success and we can give back to the fans and just just put pride and happiness and give the city something they look forward to on a Friday night or a Monday or whenever the match is during the week Amazing words and I, I do always like talk to people about the the Derry production line, the players that have come through, and one player I want to mention is Ryan McBride. Um, when I was there that night against St Patrick's, I went to the bar that he used to work in, and um, I saw in the in the little Sabudio bar him and Mark Farron on the wall, and um, it's hard not to get emotional about, I suppose, what you've gone through with these players. See, even now you're speaking about it, like there's you're all, you're falling up with a sadness, and I know obviously people outside Derry know about it, but everybody inside Derry knows how much the two the two men meant the, the club because they, they meant everything to their club and my uncle Stephen Parkhouse he played he played with the both of them yeah, he's your uncle he's my I, uncle. I knew there was some link he's my actually, uncle my like, godfather you're a far better player than him now yeah. he couldn't run <laughs> and you can at least do that like <laughs> <laughs> at least I but no look he had the privilege to play with him and I had the privilege to watch him and 
having Ryan McBride at the back for Derry City, it was, you know yourself, like he would have ran through a brick wall and he was a brick wall himself. He never let nobody pass him. Like, you, you look back and see the clubs and even the re- recent clubs, the, the tackle he put on whenever Against he was Cork City. Cork City, absolutely wiped two men out. And then you see That's the actually goals. after watershed. It's not normally shown before nine o'clock anywhere because it was that like dangerous. Like, <laughs> well, That's the football PG. we used to love. <laughs> yeah. No, I know that. And obviously, the game's going in a different direction now. Like, there's a lot more... Technical and whatever. Uh, technical and... Because you're an old-style centre-forward. No, I'm... A, I, I know. Wait, I like, isn't, isn't he an old-style centre-forward? The missus don't know. She doesn't know it. But, no, look... I'm, an old, like, I'm a young player, but obviously my games, I know it's going to centre-forward, and I know what it takes, and I know what, what I have to do to live up them expectations. And... As we said again, the, the game's more technical and obviously there's stuff that, that I would do and as you've seen that you would get away with years ago and I, I like a bit of hustle and bustle and I like getting, The game is better for that. I, I, I like getting rough with defenders and players and you know we like And the defenders like that as well. No, I know and it makes the game and it makes obviously like you see a fan chasing a centre half down and or a full back down from them trying to play out and I give them the shoulder and the whole crowd gets on their feet and it's but that's not what it's about. It's just, look, I'm an, as we said, I'm an old school centre forward. And what age ago, I've just turned 20 or a couple yeah. of weeks ago. So, the, the, the I've big, been 19 all season. The big question for you is, like, you know, I was watching Sheffield United today and um, had a big VAR controversy. And, like, obviously, that, that. that, you know, and we, we can talk about that another day. But where are you next season? Because you could obviously go back to England or you could probably play in your, for your hometown club. No, look, uh, again, as it has been this year, It'll be an absolute honour to play for a club again. Um, but as it stands for a minute, it's, I'm just taking it easy now because I've had I've played football for a year and a half without a break. I've sacrificed my summer break from England this season to play in the League of Ireland, which didn't bore me one bit because I'm not hungry and not determined to get what I want. But I'll do anything I can to get it. Although it was tough because of the way the league works and the way it's a quick turnaround. But <coughs> as it stands now, I'm, I'm taking a bit of a a break obviously from the fun hard scheme to now but obviously I've been starting back training on that um, but look I'm back in England I've gone international now next week and then I'm back in England then a week after we come back um, and then all I can say is that's that's where it goes from here I, I haven't I'm leaving all those terms to the club and to the right people that need to talk about it and then whenever something important comes up I'll be involved but as it stands for now Wherever I'm going to get a chance, and wherever I'm going to get games and goals, well, obviously, obviously that's my game. I want to get goals, but the team helps out that as well. But look, wherever I'm going to get a chance, I'll be happy to be, and I'll do everything I can to stay there. I got to give a mention to Daniel McDonald, the co-host of this podcast, who backed uh, Patrick Hoban to be top scorer uh, this season, but he backed you as a saver, at fifty to one, and he was going into the last game of the season. He thinks like, if Hoban don't get it, at least Parkhouse will get it. And then this upstarts, <laughs> this lad that we've never heard of. We can't like properly pronounce his surname, so we call him Junior. Exactly. What happened? What happened? I gave him the goals. Yeah. No, and look, Junior's a brilliant player. He's a quality well. player. And he's in the exact same position as me. Um, Is he a good lad? No, top man. Like, and that's one thing I can say about everybody in the team and there, even the staff, that they're all they're down to earth people. And there's nobody... Nobody in the team that no no one gets along with, and there's nobody. You get sometimes in teams where everybody has their groups and that, but nobody. No cliques. No, the one there's one click in the club, and that's the whole team and staff. Um, but Junior Junior's a top man. He, he's a he's a brilliant person. He always look out for you, and he's, as well, uh, obviously he's a he's a top he's a top football player. 
the top tops goal goes <coughs> for Vladia. But for the league, I know. <laughs> so you you got the overall. You wanted to mention this. Uh, overall, you got actually more goals. Overall, look. Final, final question: What do you do with her if you go back to Sheffield? Like, I mean, you have to be loyal to the girlfriend. Like, I mean, that must be foremost of your mind at this stage. Uh, I've no doubt. Look, I'm going to go to England, do what I have to do, and she's going to stay here and, and uh, do her studies and do what she has to do. And then whenever the right time comes around, we'll we'll speak about what we're going to do. But for the meantime, now. Everything's as it stands. Any word on that? No comment. I think that is the first time we've actually had proper relationship <laughs> advice on League of Ireland Weekly. It's been great. Asking the wrong person. It's been great to chat to you though, and um, you know, it, it was it was great to watch Derry City this season, see the brandy ball rocking again. Hundred percent. Look, as I said at the start, look, never take a man. He always says there are four players in the books, and his, his ultimate goal. Never mind. His ultimate goal to the public was to get the brandy well back to the place that it's at now. Red and white army. Red and white army, till I die. But uh, no, and obviously, but he's, he's, and his heart, he knew what the players could do. So, and his goal was obviously to get European football. But look, he said this after the last game. It's the first thing he said this. He was all oh, luck. Well done, that's for the season. But we're better than We're better than that. We can push on. We've got Europe and we're lucky to get Europe. Te- testimonial to the players and the staff. But he knows he's more honest more on this and I've known Dickie since I was a kid because obviously up at uh, Club NA and that and Dickie's always been someone that's been close to home as well as the club but he knows what he wants and he, know, he knows what he's doing as well uh, Not, but not just him I know obviously and Dierzo and uh, you, you must mention the boy McCord as well McCord. Uh, that, see that's what I mean I know all the talk goes on to uh, Dickie and he always says about it's just the staff as well but it's, it's not one person that makes it happen, it's a group that makes it happen, it's just like a football match, it's not one player, does it? It's the whole team. Um, but uh, Diggy, Dierzo, Paddy, Marty McCann, um, and goalkeeping coach Diggy as well. But it takes all of them to do it, and they've done well this year. And I can only wish them the best for the upcoming years. We only want you to see you back here in the League of Ireland next year, we only want to see her as well, to be fair. Um, and thanks for Just her then. No, just her, actually. Yeah. Yeah, that's all right. Yeah. She'll be here. Thanks for your time, big man. No, no problem. Parky, what a character. Great stuff. Always nice to... Good to have his other half interviewed briefly in yeah. the piece as well. I Lovely mean, you're, you're, you're often a bit of relationship advice there, almost. <laughs> but there's another another string to your bow. Like, I'm not... I'm just... Yeah, I'm not sure about Parky. I think he could have spoke a bit in, in more... Um, I don't know euphemistic it's probably been, been media trained that goes sort it all out like it's like it's, I always like when footballers apply football terminology to real life situations as though you know, how are things going with the relationship well you know we're just going to take it each day as it comes mm. you know and see what happens you know we're not getting ahead of ourselves and we're going to see if we can make it to the end of the year you know go from there it's always good to to have those words applied to it but so we're going to miss that now because we're yeah. like we're, our season is at an end. John kind of kind of hit me the other day, like because as a freelance journalist, I do this and I do the League of Ireland column and the Racing Post. There are two things that are just gone now till whatever mid February or something, mm. and um, that's a long time. Like it's it is a long off season. Long off season. Um, you never know if something mad happens over the winter, we might be sort of triggered back into action. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I do think uh, we're not going to go into this now, but obviously the All Island thing, it's going to be slow. Whatever happens, it's not going to be a big mm-hmm. announcement or something happening. In fact, our next target is towards the end of December. Um, you know, Noel Mooney, I think, probably wanted to get some stuff done in terms of announcements about the league, but the end of uh, end of November, that's not going to happen. You've got an FIA GM, you've got these reports. Um, there's a lot that, could, that will still happen over the winter, um, but I guess we just need to figure out where we are as a league at the start at least at the very least at the start of the February you know at the start of the 2020 season in February we need to know 
what the structure is for 2021. You know, like what yeah. are you what are you playing towards here? Mm. Um, and I'm not convinced that we will have that certainty. Um, and that is that is the fear. But big um, vacuum there. It's been, the it's been it's been. I've enjoyed our year, John. Yeah, third, I don't know. Uh, if you have any suggestions, if we're to be back for season four, um, send them on in with your. It's like, uh, it's like, it's, yeah, I mean, should we be even kept on ourselves? Mm. I mean, maybe we need to be replaced. We should probably talk to each other and sack each other and, f- and figure it out. Um, but congratulations, no. well, by the way, to the other award winners. Tim Clancy obviously got the Manager of the Year in the First Division, and Jack Byrne and Danny Mandrew. I have to say, the referees won. I was at the referees table and the Michelle O'Neill choice was was wrong. So, yes. um, it was wrong on so many levels. Well, probably well-intentioned, but... Um, but but I do, I do actually feel sorry because there were a couple of referees at the table and I felt sorry for them because obviously some, they'd made the, the trip up and uh, I was given the real dregs table. Like There was a journalist table. Then there was the air sport lads just thrown in with the referees. So they were probably like, oh my God, we, we've got the real riffraff here and we were probably <laughs> thinking the same. We had a great night though. Uh, Paul, Paul nice, McLaughlin yeah. and um, Neil Doyle, Neil and Doyle among others. Um, First Division refs as well. But yeah. Um, no, really, really enjoyed the night Great, I've enjoyed nice. the year I mean it, it's been a historic year in Irish football um, when you think that this time last year we were in the Delaney years um, mm. still um, and like quite quite a lot has happened I mean Stephen Kenny's been a, I mean when we did our last show last year we didn't know what was coming with Stephen Kenny as such Um you know, so we've had Vinny here obviously today a change in the guard in that respect um, we still probably haven't there hasn't been a a vintage year for the league overall. I mean, I mentioned like Lee Power, the cutbacks at Waterford situation at Limerick. You see how poor like, they were by the end of that. You know, there's there's familiar uncertainties, and um, I, we probably you know we focused over the last two weeks. It must be said we've had really great insight and access to the two top clubs in the country at the moment. Thanks to the lads and, and for yeah, in. they're obviously in a very different place to where mm. other clubs in the league are, and and have to be mindful of we that. We do apologise a bit that we don't get people from the likes of Derry and Finn Harps off. It's just not really feasible. So maybe it's a geographic thing. It's very difficult. And I know I read an article uh, today that um, you know Derry players don't really get the credit they deserve, such that. Parkhouse should have gotten the player of the year and so on and so forth. Um, None I, of them have Skype either, which is... A, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's very... Could, could we introduce Skype to Derry we, over we would, the off-season? That's, um, that's the excuse we get every time we try and get a Derry player. We tried to get Skype. Harry Ashcroft as well after he scored... Um, uh, the goal against Drogheda, um, but he didn't have Skype either, and he was in he was in Australia. Finally, so. yeah, we should find it because our predictions for next year, we might as well do them now early. I mean, why not? Um, I think you know <sighs> a lot cold. a lot can change. I mean, people might listen to this show. And, you know, this is we're recording this on Wednesday. They might listen to Robbie Benson. Well, you you Robbie have an just in been the paper that you know Jack Byrne and and uh, obviously Lee Grace both linked with Hull. Well, that wasn't my story initially. That was Aidan Fitzmaurice. But um, did, did my understanding is when Lee, Lee Grace is, is over this week with Hull, and uh, we shall see. This could mm. date very quickly, but I get the impression that Hull were. were of the mind that they wanted to sign him because they'd spoken to people in the league. And I know people are up in arms with him going on trial. I don't think this is a typical trial. This is not one of these trials mm. where an agent sends a player to a club. The manager's never heard of him. I remember Richie Tile telling us about a trial he went on once and the manager didn't even, wasn't even there, wasn't even watching his trial. Mm. This is not that. This has been driven by the manager of Hull who wants a specific player and has spoken to people who work in the league here about that specific player yeah. and has we, been told we, to sign him. So we've got to wrap up. Um, I, it's, it's I think ridic- I think it's that ridiculous that making predictions um, without even knowing who's playing. Well, is it though? Um, I, I still think I think Dundalk are less vulnerable to outside uh, stuff than Rovers because I think if Rovers lose Jack Byrne and possibly Grace. Dundalk can kind of Dundalk lost Benson. It's not going to make an awful this lot of difference. Is, this is anyway. Listen, he's a great player, and, it's a, and, and I'm really 
I hope he's really sort of happy and, he, and maybe the fresh start at, at Pats will be a, a good thing for him. But I just think my general point is, I like Rovers have to obviously deal potentially with the adversity of losing someone that's been important to them. The Dock have faced that every season over the last couple of years until last year and they lost the manager. But I just think this to Vinny there, um, like I don't think that the Americans have fully started some of the work they've come to do. Mm. And I still think they're going to have a recruitment power there that is going to make them really hard to stop. Who will win the first division? The first division, that's a good question. Mm. Um, you know, you, you you get as a Galway fan, you get confidence with the players who were, were signing yeah. Duggan. But then, you you know, you spoke to some of the first division managers the other night, and it's not like they're in a particularly bad way No, either. well, there's no one uh, coming down that's going to... I mean, you City aren't going to come down and, and sort of dominate it. So, mm. uh, yeah, I, th- I, don't I think Galway will have a very good season. Drada, if Drada can keep the... I, 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 I think Bray will do better next year. Mm, um Dylan McGlade, obviously uh, off to Blythe Spartans. Um, yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not. I've le- if I've learned one thing this year is that I'm not going to ever predict anything again. <laughs> Thanks to everyone though for coming in. That was 40, se- 40 episodes of. Uh, it's been a pleasure. Season. We've, we, we've pleasure working with you, son. Plenty of interesting guests and um, pleasure working with Boyone. Thanks great, to great work in the production. Thanks to Derek Owens done a great job. Thanks to Chris. Uh, thanks to everyone in Air. Um, I, I can't actually thank Air enough for for what they've done for League of Ireland and this podcast. They've answered uh, all our questions in terms of what we want on the show, and um, you know, just great promoters of the League of Ireland. Hopefully, we shall see you, Dan. For who knows? Who knows, John? Season four, and see see you next season, guys. But there are limits to your life.